Hello, and welcome back to General Chat. It's your host, Anastasia Solis. This week's guest is considerate, caring, and chock full of lore about World of Warcraft. Like typical podcasters, we talk about podcasting quite a bit, but then we get into some meaty stuff, like taking a moment to actually appreciate the amount of time and effort that goes into creating game lore, and unlearning negative self-thoughts brought on by dark pasts or years of isolation, and learning to embrace who you are by finding your online family. My guest this week was Allie Kay, host of Dungeon Fables and co-host on All Things Azeroth. I hope you enjoy this open, wonderful, personal alley lore-filled episode. Let's get into it. All right, Allie, thank you so much for coming on. Thanks for asking me. I'm excited. I was really interested in having you on after hearing about all of the interesting little tidbits that you bring to Dungeon Fables. So you're on you're on two podcasts. One is called Dungeon Fables, and you do that on your own. Yes. And it's about the lore of the Dungeons of Warcraft and some other little lore tidbits. And then you're on All Things Azeroth, yes. which you have three other co-hosts, I believe. Three other co-hosts but two that can make it on a regular occasion because adulting is hard and sometimes real life gets in the way. So the fourth one joins when he can. I mean, amen. Adulting is hard. Yeah. (laughs) So can you tell me a little bit about why you started podcasting? I blame Starman from World of Warcast and he's fully aware of this. (laughs) So I've been listening to podcasts for over 10 years. I forget how long now. But the first one I ever found was World of Warcast. And through that, I found Taverncast and Instance and so many other ones. And just listened to so many over the years. And last year, after kind of talking with Starman, we started gaming together kind of thing. And he actually had me guest on his show. And that was it. It was all done. I realized I wanted to podcast, like the itch happened and it just had to happen. So I just started brainstorming what I wanted to do, what I was interested in. I've thought off and on about starting a podcast because when I listened to the other podcasts, I found myself responding to them, even though I was just listening. (laughs) So from there, I just kind of figured out what I was interested in, what I would be passionate enough to podcast about and just got to work on it. I think podcasts are that unique situation where it feels it feels like an ABC conversation, but it's really more of an A and B conversation. We're just like some weirdo eavesdropping on what feels like a very <laughs> personal. <laughs> yes, very, very much so. Definitely a weirdo. <laughs> all right. Well, all you weirdos out there listening to this, I appreciate you. And, you know, weirdos unite. We're, we're all weirdos. It's fine. <laughs> Who wants to be normal? Normal's boring. I mean, truly, uh, but it's interesting because I think that like a lot of a lot of podcasters, I think, have that moment of like, well, I really enjoyed listening to this and I have stuff that I would like to talk about. And at least in my case, at least two or three of the podcasts I was listening to at some point in like one of their episodes in that week were just like, yeah, you know, podcasting is just something that you can just do like anyone can do it. You don't have to be qualified in any way to do it like literally anyone can do it and I was just like after hearing it for the third or fourth time I was like anyone can do it well then I guess I can (laughs) yeah and everyone is just so supportive and encouraging of other podcasters starting up and I heard that multiple times too in various shows and for the longest time I told myself I can't I can't do that I don't even know the first thing about it and then finally one day I was like nope I'm going to do it. Let's give it a shot. What's the worst that can happen, right? I think the hardest part about podcasting is starting your podcast. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So can you tell me a bit about Dungeon Fables, what its core principles are, and what you talk about? Well, Dungeon Fables is all about, as you said, the lore behind the dungeons. And I do my best to kind of keep it focused on that even though I sometimes go off the rails and talk about other lore and ramble a little bit because I'm easily amused. But the whole idea is sharing that lore behind the dungeons because too often we all rush through it, you know, myself included, 
because we want to get our loot. We want to move on to the next thing. Like we have a lot we have to do in this game because we enjoy this game that we're playing and there's a lot we want to do. So I like to slow down, take a while, figure out why these bosses are in these dungeons and why this dungeon is here and share that as well as share the music in the game and some of the voice lines in the game because Blizzard put so much time into that and we've spent so many years enjoying it. And I know personally, sometimes if I'm listening to a podcast while I'm, you know, cleaning or driving or whatever it may be, and someone plays a video game sound, I get stupid giddy about it. I get so excited. And so when I was brainstorming the podcast, I knew I had to do that because I enjoyed it too much to not do that. I really enjoy when folks take their their audio snippets really seriously. Like I know you do that and Ro does that and Frasley does that from Fazzlecast. And I know that like all the little segments are so fun and you hear the little bits of music and the little transitions that we're familiar with, maybe the tavern theme. Mm-hmm. And it just gives you this feel of like, it's all fun and it's all familiar. Yeah. You've got about 31 episodes right now. Do you have a dungeon that you love in particular that you are waiting to cover as like a Hallmark episode? Ooh. You know, for as many times I've been asked this question, I never know how to answer it because that's like asking me to pick my favorite child because I love so many of the dungeons. I know a couple of the ones I'm really excited about are Karazhan back like the burning crusade version of it because that was the first raid i ever ran and you know i want to i want to for myself look up more of the lore and take a deeper dive into that so i'm excited i run icc often to try to get invincible so i'm excited to actually get to that episode as well because again just so much lore basically any dungeon that is really embedded in the lore I get giddy about like Shadowfang Keep. I got so excited about Blackrock Depths. You know, I did Nax recently, which was, oh, man. again, just had so much lore to it and was so much fun. It's hard to stay focused on the dungeons on those, but those are the ones I probably get the most excited about. Yeah, I have a feeling uh, Karazhan and ICC are going to be very rambly, but in the best way, because it, it's just surrounded with like, it's in the movie, it's in the, it's in the game, it's in the comics, like Every Arthas is a huge, like, mythical figure, so I imagine that one is going to be quite enjoyable. That one might end up being really long. (laughs) (laughs) The first two-parter. Yeah, (laughs) it might be. I think, I honestly think I could run through ICC with my eyes closed with the amount of time that I've run that. Yep, exactly. And I, I can always judge how quick or slow my run is going based on what part of the raid I'm in when Jaina starts crying because she's just so proud of her king. And that's how I know, like, okay, I'm a little behind, or hey, I'm going really fast this time. (laughs) I think there's something to be said for taking that moment to slow down, especially when you think about how much effort goes into those little throwaway things, like the quest text, any sort of flavor text, any sort of in-game book or... Uh, interaction or text line or voice line and you know there are things that are just like we just don't appreciate because we're just clicking through as fast as we can to kind of to get through and get to whatever loot we're trying to get and and I think that some of that stuff can be lost when you do that so I think that it's kind of valiant for you to be going back and looking through all that stuff yeah it's been fun because even for myself even though I really enjoy these dungeons I'm still finding things that I never knew for instance, the dungeons back in Vanilla that got changed, most of them after Kata and Deathwing happened and everything. Blizzard took the time to put little nods to the original dungeon into the revamped version. And I mm. never knew that until I actually stopped and took the time to really look into these dungeons. So it's really cool to see that. And I want to let other people see that because blizzard really does put so much love into these places that we just rush through i think that knowing that someone takes the time to really look at those things probably really makes someone's days i hope so (laughs) how do you imagine the podcast growing because you're working through the dungeons and the raids but there's a finite amount of content there do you think you'll ever expand it to general lore are you gonna try to keep it 
specifically about dungeons? I've been brainstorming this one a lot lately because a lot of people have asked me. I think when I was on Realm Maintenance with Ro, he was telling me that if he did the math properly, I'll be out of dungeons and content by 2020. So (laughs) I never thought I would be lasting that long as a podcast when I started this podcast. But I... I'm in it now and I'm in it for long haul. So I'm starting to brainstorm. I don't, if if the natural life of the podcast is just kind of run its course at that point, I might just end it. But at the same time, Blizzard's going to keep over time putting out dungeons. And when I get caught to those, if I'm not ready to stop yet, I probably will go into general lore or maybe specific characters. Because I've said often that I could do a whole episode on Varian. I could do a whole episode on this person and that person. And so my guess is I'll probably stay with something with the lore. I'll find something. There's just so much lore I could go over. So it'd probably be general lore after that. It's like there's a whole world of lore out there. An entire world. This, this I don't know. How how should I put it? It's like this whole world of Warcraft that's just chock full of lore. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's three Chronicle books and plus tons of other books. And there's just... Blizzard has taken so much time to put great things into this story. And I I enjoy it. And I'm, st- I'm still learning so much. Like, I call myself a servant of the lore because I don't know everything. And it's awesome that I don't know everything. Yeah, because you get little nuggets of information that you're like, oh, hey, that's actually really cool. I didn't know that. Yeah, exactly. What a good feeling. (laughs) Recently, you were brought in as an official co-host for All Things Azeroth. Can you tell me how you actually got introduced to ATZ? Well, I've been listening to it for a while, off and on. I wish I could sit here and say that I was the biggest fan. I listened to every episode for 600 episodes, blah, blah, blah. And unfortunately, there's only so much time in a day. So it's one of those shows that I've I picked up often. I listened to it as often as I could. And I had the opportunity one day to guest on Frazzlecast with Medros. So that was our first official introduction to each other. And that was also right about the time that we were gearing up for Con Before the Storm, because we were both going to be on the Pod Before the Con panel for Warcraft. So... That gave me even more chance to kind of talk with Medros, get to know him. You know, we chit-chatted, gamed a little bit here and there. And then he asked me to guest one day on all things Azeroth because of all that and saw that we, you know, had some good back and forth and it was kind of a natural fit when I guested. And because I did have uh, Fan Death, who's just been busy with life and everything, needing to kind of step away from the show for a little bit, that's when he asked me to kind of be on as a trial, you know, interim, see... If it really was going to be a good fit, if it was going to work for the show, and over time, they realized it was going to. So they asked me to stick around. And it's been a lovely change. You're a wonderful addition to that show. Oh, thank you. What elements of the show did you enjoy before you came onto it? I always enjoyed the pre-news talk banter. You know, when they were talking about their lives and their weeks and while and that kind of thing. Just that that back and forth I always enjoyed because in every podcast I enjoy that. You know, you get a chance to see a glimpse into who these people are and the, the friendship they may have and that they're humans behind that mic. And I always enjoyed that. And the general new stuff is always good too. And so it was just something that always appealed to me. Now that you are one of the co-hosts on the show, what are the elements that you think that you bring? Okay, my tongue. (laughs) (laughs) Now that you are a co-host on the show, what are some of the elements that you think you bring to the table? Well, there's that general banter again. (laughs) I have fun giving Medro sass, which is great. But beyond that, I think I bring... A, a little bit of the raid aspect in because I do raid and at the moment none of them are raiding although Tosi's talking about getting into it and kind of more of a lighthearted love of the game maybe okay all right so the hard questions are over I'm not gonna ask you more interview ask what are five things you think are good about yourself your strengths and weaknesses <laughs> type questions no 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 okay the grilling is over now 
I want to ask you about when you started playing games. What was the first game that you remember being really passionate about that just caught your attention and you couldn't put down? Oh my goodness. When I was a it yeah, it started way back when I was a kid. My dad had an Atari. I want to say it was a 7800. But yeah, I got to play a little bit here and there and he kind of introduced it to me. And eventually when we got the original Nintendo and that first Mario game, like that, that was it. I was hooked. It was all over. I realized that I absolutely loved playing video games and diving into them and just not putting them down (laughs) ever if I could avoid it. (laughs) What do you think it was about those first games that really caught your attention? I think it was... The ability to do fun things. Like, I can't spit fireballs in real life. You know, you get that first star and you go zooming around. Like, it's just it's just all the fun different things you could do. And it was that great feeling you had when you finally achieved what you're trying to do. You know, when you, try, when you finally were able to get that first Goomba or make that jump or, you know, complete that game you've been fighting on for hours and hours. It's just that feeling of accomplishment. I always enjoyed that. And I always enjoyed just being able to shut my mind off in, well, in a way, and just really escape into the game and have fun, really. I think that when we are kids, that sense of accomplishment is so integral. Yes. Because when as a kid are you really accomplishing anything, right? Yeah. And it it taught you persistence. You know, if you kept trying, you were going to achieve that goal you get to. And... It was a pretty important life lesson, if you think about it. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I don't know how valuable the lesson you can save and start over again was because mm, I don't think you can do that. (laughs) (laughs) Doesn't really work that way. But, you know, you know, it taught you that if you need to, you can walk away and come back to a problem later. Oh, bam. That's what it taught you. My goodness, I've been philosophized at. This is beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) Now, when you are looking for games that are going to, that you're going to spend your real adult money on, if you're going to plop down $60 uh, for a game these days, what are you looking for? Usually a great story, because I'm sure it's no surprise that I love a good story. Good action or good almost role-playing elements where you actually feel like you are impacting the game and your actions actually matter. Or sometimes it's just mindless fun. Sometimes you just need that. You just go destroy everything because it's destructive and fun. (laughs) So it sounds like you like a variety of games then. And you're not just like, I'm only playing MMOs. I'm only playing first-person shooters. You're like, no, no, no. Let's run the gambit here. My 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 Steam library, my my shelf of console games are very very variety type games. Oh man, if we could look at our Steam libraries without shame or guilt over not having played <laughs> most of them, wouldn't that be a joy? Oh my goodness, yeah. Someday I'll get to them, really. Someday. But then what ends up happening is, you know, for example, I really love the game Portal. Love it, love it, love it, and. There are times that I'll just get the itch to go play it again. So instead of finally being this one game over here, I'm just going to go have fun playing this game because I know it makes me happy. And I'm very bad about that. So I'm trying to be better about completing the games I haven't played yet versus going back to my old haunts such as Portal and Fallout and everything. (laughs) I think I'm guilty of the same thing. I've had like the same six games installed on my computer for the past year or so and yet I still keep buying games. Hey, you know, you gotta take advantage of those sales and you've gotta also be able to just shut down and go to your favorite games because it's your comfort place. You know, it's it's all part of it. I think the sales are taking advantage of me, Allie. I don't think it's the other way around. Yeah. (laughs) I've been I've been really good with the last few. We'll see if I can keep that up. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've mentioned Portal and you've mentioned Fallout, and I know that you play World of Warcraft. Mm-hmm. Was this love of gaming something that you continued through your high school years? Were you always kind of an outward nerd? <laughs> yes, <laughs> that the love of gaming never stopped. I definitely played it throughout my whole life. It wasn't always an outward nerd thing because I went through a phase where I was I was bullied a bit and I wasn't popular and I just kind of kept to myself for quite a while. And 
so I was more of an inward nerd. Like I would just keep quiet at school and then at home, like just explode with my nerdiness. And now I'm finally at the point where I am an outward nerd. And even though, for example, I'm a teacher at a preschool where I work with all women and none of them are gamers, but they all know that I'm the resident nerd and I am okay with that. <laughs> Do you think that your experience growing up as a nerd impacted how you behave now as an adult? Yes, very much so. I think over the years, I've learned that everyone likes what they like and everyone has their own personalities. Everyone has their own life story that has led them to where they are now. And I think because I did learn that over the years, it's helped me be accepting of all types of people, whether they're a nerd or not. And then within the nerd community, accepting the fact that just like me, I like so many different things and other people like so many different things. And it is a great place to be in. Do you think that harsh period that you had when you were being bullied and you, you know, you didn't feel like you were accepted, do you think that led you to be more empathetic these to the, to the nerd community or to people that feel like they aren't being accepted? Or do you feel like it made you more bitter? How do you feel that that shaped you? There was a time it made me more bitter. I, over the years, through various things that happened, you know, I ended up falling into some pretty bad depression that I almost didn't survive. And because of that, it has helped me to really feel for other people who have their own struggles. And I've always been a little overly empathetic and wanting to help all the people because I have been there. And you, you can't tell, help all the people, but I'm going to try and help all the people. <laughs> that is a really difficult feeling to deal with, I think, being overly empathetic because you feel yeah. you feel in a way like, oh, man, I truly I understand what this person's going through. Maybe I can help them. I don't want them feeling this way. But you're right. You cannot always help everyone. And I think the best help that someone can get at times in certain situations is learning how to kind of empower themselves. Yeah. I think coming from a point of someone who's just like, oh man, I know how you're feeling. That can be very difficult. Yeah. So you mentioned kind of, you know, dealing with depression and your struggle with that. Did you find video games at that time a form of escapism? <laughs> yes. Very much. I'm pretty, there are times I'm convinced that's the only way I'm still here. I, cause it started when I was really young and my parents had me when they were, you know, 16 and 17. So I wasn't exactly planned on. Right. <laughs> so I grew up with the stupid belief that I was a mistake and I wasn't supposed to be here. And a lot of my life got built on that foundation, unfortunately, which open up the doors to more and more depression and playing video games at a young age and realizing that it was something I enjoyed and it was something that made me happy. It very quickly became my escape. And so, you know, down the road in high school, when that depression got worse and uh, some, some rough things happened in high school, I just dove into it even more. And then in college, when the depression got at its worst, I dove in even more, but that escapism helped me almost focus more and help me really process life and, and to get through it and really just find myself and be okay with myself, if that makes sense. So you were able to take the pain and emotions that you were dealing with and kind of take a moment to, to step back from them and process what you're going through, through the medium of living someone else's life. Yeah, basically. I mean, cause if you think about it, you know, when you're, when you're in that moment and you're really struggling and you know, whether it's you're just kicking yourself or whether it goes much further and worse than that, our brains spiral so badly. And sometimes just stepping away from that spiral and gaming instead really did get me out of that spiral. And that was very important. As you probably know, as listeners probably know, depression is something that I struggle with as well. And I think mm -hmm. what uh, what you're expressing here, Ali, is kind of this concept that no feeling lasts forever. And if you can, yeah. if you have the opportunity, if you are able 
to know that just like in the moment and be able to step back and tell yourself no feeling lasts forever I might feel like everything's worthless right now and I'm dumb and lazy and all these other ridiculous things that depression tells you uh if you are lucky enough to think in the moment oh this doesn't last forever that is a wonderful gift but I think doing something like playing games where you can step outside of yourself for a moment and be a victorious hero or you know be a valiant adventurer or you know be a cooking mama whatever 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 it is that gets you to be out of that headspace of just everything is terrible for a moment yeah I think that's really beneficial and can help you realize again that no feeling lasts forever yeah very true how does this always end up happening, Allie? We start out very light. We're talking about a body. And then... <laughs> well, you know, we all have our, our our lives and our own stories. And life can be rough sometimes. I think that's very true. I, I, yeah. <laughs> I, I think that, and, and that is the basic premise of the show. So maybe that's a silly question. I do aim to actually have this happen. But, <laughs> but it just seems that like, you know, when you start talking about something that someone is so passionate about, uh, passionate enough, in fact, to make a podcast about the lore in a specific game, because that is something they care about so much, you start to learn what is really important uh, to folks. And so um, I'm excited to learn what is important to you, Ellie. What is important to me? Let's, let's parry it down to... World of Warcraft and how you got introduced to Warcraft. I had some friends in college that played. And so one night they had me over and just sat me down and they're like, just just have fun, create a character. I want to say the very first character I created was a Night Elf Hunter because that's what they said I should play, even though it was really the dwarf rogue that was drawing my attention. Mm. But I created my Night Elf Hunter and played around and Teldrassil and really enjoyed it. And so a couple months later for my birthday, a group of them chipped in with each other and got me the game. And I think a month of playtime. So I just was hooked right away and made the dwarf hunter, not dwarf hunter, sorry, dwarf made the dwarf rogue that I wanted to make for myself. And that that was it. That was, I was absolutely hooked. What was it about the game at that time when you like when you just first started playing, what was it about the game that drew you in and kept you playing? Everything. <laughs> I'm easily amused. So it's everything from I enjoyed reading the quest text, you know, I had fun killing things, which sounds really bad. And <laughs> I had fun, you know, achieving those quests and leveling up was just something I always felt good. And I enjoyed just watching the little squirrel like wander around in the bushes, like just every little detail. The art just blew me away right away. And it was just all those little things that added to the quality of it for me and made me keep coming back. When you think about this moment in time when you're playing, you've been playing since college, you've gotten deep into the lore, you're on two World of Warcraft based podcasts you know your perspective of the game is a bit different from when you first started what is it about the game now that keeps you coming back the community the people for sure i don't unfortunately play those that group of friends anymore but i have my own group i've had since 2008 maybe 2007 (laughs) and it's my friends in that guild who have become at least some of them have become my family it's the friends i'm making now and now that i'm now that I've opened myself to being in this community and stopped being so shy and lurking in the corners, I've met just more people and made more friends and I'm still making friends and it just keeps me playing. I can't help it. And my only regret is that I didn't stop being shy sooner and didn't open myself up sooner to trying to be in the community. I have found that this community is one of the most accepting and lovely communities that you can be in. And of course, there's people that complain and you'll see the same people complaining every time there's a change. But every community has those people. Oh, for sure. But my experience has been, especially 
to 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 narrow it down even more <laughs> to this little community of of lizard podcasters i have found some of the nicest people that are just willing to like help you out and uh, and to come on your show it's ally <laughs> and <laughs> and you know um and just talk to you about about what they like and i feel like that experience of feeling like huh yeah i really have found my people i feel is priceless oh for sure you know when I first started listening to podcasts. Sometimes I wonder to myself, like, do the podcasts work with each other? You know, do they do they like each other? Do they support each other? Or is it like this huge competition where they don't like each other, like a business or something? And I don't know back then. Maybe it was, maybe it wasn't. I don't know. But right now, in my personal experience, everyone is so dang friendly and supportive and encouraging. And you could say, hey, I'm excited about this one thing. And people are legitimately excited for you. You know, you can try to be brainstorming this one idea you're wanting to do for your show to someone and they will give you their input and their input and they'll encourage you. And I just, I love this little podcasting community. There's just some fantastic people in it and I feel very fortunate to be part of it. I am curious what your experience has been as a woman in the podcasting community. I recently interviewed Bonnie Q from Overwatch Hot Pot and their their show's a bit unique in that it's three women, it's three women of different but Asian backgrounds and it's an Overwatch podcast which is uh, Overwatch is a very and just games in general are very male dominated field. Mm-hmm. As is podcasting. Usually when you see a female podcast, it's like two female best friends talking about pop culture. And it's like, which are great. I love a lot of female-based podcasts. Absolutely. But I think in terms of in terms of the gaming community, it's a little rarer to see this. What has been your experience? How do you feel you've been welcomed in this community? Very well. To be completely honest, I mean, the community as a whole with playing World of Warcraft when I first started playing in the earlier days, it was a little rocky because at the time the guild I was in had a guild leader that was jealous that he was knocking all my attention since I was the only girl in the guild. And long story short, the guild ended up breaking apart because he decided to rage quit and steal the guild bank. So the rest of us formed our own guild and we've been together ever since. That was my one and only truly negative aspect in the game. I mean, there's always those times, you know, if you get on voice because you're in a raid pug or whatever, and they're like, oh, well, you're a girl and blah, blah, blah. But overall, especially in the last few years, I haven't really had personally any negative experiences. And when it comes to the podcasting community honestly i haven't had any negative experiences sometimes there's a couple of people here and there who are surprised when they find out that i'm i'm raiding and here is my item level that's actually decent and i actually pull my weight i'm not just raiding because you know my husband raids too like and i'm not just skating by like i actually pull my weight and i think that's really the only time anyone's ever been surprised but no one's been really, no one's been rude about it. And everyone's just been supportive and nice. It's like, hey, you're a girl. You do cool things. Awesome. Like, you're cool. And it's more about me. And so, as opposed to, you know, the fact that I'm I'm a woman. And so, I think it speaks to how this community is evolving over the time and is becoming more accepting of all types of people, which I think is fantastic. There's always going to be those outliers and those people who are still toxic about that kind of thing. But I think over time, the player base is improving with that, which is good. I agree. I do think things are improving. And my experience within the community has been very similar. Everyone's just been so wonderful. The only thing that I've experienced, which has been frustrating, is a lack of, of other female content creators. I mean, there's certain they're certainly out there, but it's really hard to contact them. For instance, like a, as a, a lot of women who have you know a more high profile presence, 
have their DMs closed and have no form of contact information out there, which is totally normal, is totally valid, is totally okay and understandable because, yeah, I'm sure they get a lot of stuff in their DMs that wasn't very nice and had to close them. But it can make, for instance, booking a show where you interview people about their passion very difficult. (laughs) It can. I mean, and I've I've definitely heard those stories, you know, from – various female content creators I know and follow closely who, you know, would get the unasked for, you know, pictures in their DMs and everything. And I, unfortunately, that is something that still happens. And there is definitely still some of that sexual harassment that happens, you know, behind closed doors and in those closed DMs because people are, you know, relied too much on that anonymity of being behind the screen. Mm. And it definitely happens. And it hasn't happened to me, thankfully. And I hope that continues, but unfortunately, it does still happen. That's true. This is not an invite, you weirdos. Um, <laughs> no, no, I'm sure anyone who's listening is not like that. Um, but, but, uh, but I think you know, I think there's been a lot of a lot of growth, and I and I am so happy to be talking to other women who also love games and who also you know are doing their own podcasting, and so it's really wonderful to have you on and talk about this particular thing. So I was interested in hearing about your experience. So thank you for sharing that with me. Yeah, definitely. So I'd like to know whether or not you've taken any lessons away from playing world of warcraft any life lessons nothing too detailed it's more the generic you know keep trying you know you're you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna fight that raid boss whether it's your actual boss or something challenging at work or something challenging in life and you're you're gonna fight that raid boss but you know keep trying and you'll get it i will say i think inadvertently i learned through warcraft the importance of having those friends mm-hmm. and having you those connections to help you defeat those raid bosses. You know, we weren't necessarily meant to be alone. And I spent too many years alone, lost in my own little dark world. And it really does become a better life when you can find those like-minded friends and individuals to band together with and <laughs> fight those raid bosses of life. And to go through it together. I think that's very poignant. I think that, you know, no person on their own is going to 1v1 the raid boss unless it's very, very old content. That's like going back as an adult and telling your, uh, telling some <laughs> high school kid that, uh, you know, to suck it. It's like, no, no, you don't do that because it's not, <laughs> the, the, it's not quite the same, you know? It's not you're in high school and you're standing up to someone. It's like you're an adult now. No, that's lame. Soloing old content is not the same as uh, as doing current raid. And you need that team dynamic. You need that found family behind you. That's really pretty. Definitely. I'm interested in knowing how, how you found your chosen family. Because you talked about being in a guild that dissolved because... The- <laughs> Because the guild leader was a jerk. Yeah, we're gonna go <laughs> for with lack that. of a more PG term. <laughs> That's not, I had going through my head so many of those uh, R-rated terms, and I was like, "Ooh, what can I settle on?" Jerk is very good. Okay, so you had that guild leader that was a jerk, and so that obviously didn't work out. How did you happen upon the group of players that you're with today? Well, it was through said jerk face that I actually met them because I was on my rogue doing a lot of PvP at the time during, I want to, it was during Brian Crusade and I kept random queuing and kept getting a Rathi Basin and being a rogue, I like to, you know, stealth and defend the flags. It's just kind of how I rolled. And I kept ended up going down to mines for some reason. And that's where said jerk face was at the time also as a rogue so we stealthed and just kept defending the flag together and had a good time and kind of whispered back and forth a little bit. And we kept getting random queued together, I think three times in a row. So after that point, we're like, okay, well, we're awesome. We're just going to be friends now. And he was telling me about this, you know, group of guys he's had, you know, been playing, he's been playing with for a long time. And I should come hang out with them. And as much as I like the friends I had who introduced me to the game and everything, 
they were off doing level 60 content and kind of just left me behind. So I was like, sure, why not? And I threw a mage, I think, in his guild and started playing with them and realized that they were awesome. They were incredibly friendly and they were very supportive and encouraging and accepting and respectful, except for Jerkface. And it was people who were, they were friends in real life, like up in Canada, you know, the one of the guys had his son playing with us, you know, and that son is still in our guild. And I think he just celebrated his 21st birthday, maybe. I don't know. Like he's, he's old now and it's weird because I've watched him grow up. So I stuck with them and we're still together to this day. We, we've, we've gained more people and that kind of thing, but we're still there. And we've seen each other through some easy times in life and through some hard times in life. And we've just always support each other. I've gone up to Canada twice to visit some of them and they really did become my chosen family. And what's great is that through podcasting now, I've met more people and I'm getting involved in more communities. And a couple of those have also become, have become kind of family as well, which is funny because in high school and college, like I didn't really have that main group of friends. I was on the outskirts of so many different groups of friends. So I feel like I'm doing that again now. (laughs) I've got my main, you know, chosen family over here. And then like I'm on the outskirts of all these other groups of family and that kind of thing too, except they're so welcoming and awesome that I don't feel like I'm on the outskirts. I feel like I'm part of them too. So while I have my one small core group of chosen family, my personal chosen family has gotten really large over the last year even. and. It's one of the many reasons why I love being a gamer. Now that you're involved in such an extended community with all these friends that you've made through a really weird, not a weird circumstance, but you know, you had that moment of just like, oh, this really sucks, but then banding together and becoming closer friends. Have there been moments within this community that have stood out to you? For instance, you're being able to do a community event or being able to do meet up with a bunch of your uh, internet friends <laughs> and, and uh, get together. Have there been moments like that that have really stood out to you as important? Well, there's been plenty of events like that with my, <clears throat> with my main group, you know, with my guildies, you know, I went up, like I said, I went up to Canada twice to actually go see them and meet their their wives and their kids and you know that kind of thing and it's been awesome and there's been other little things where like as a guild we've succeeded together you know when we finally started raiding and when we finally you know we got aotc for argus last expansion and there's those accomplishments which is awesome there's other ones like for example doing pod before the con and getting to know those people and working together with that and accomplishing that panel is just always going to be in my head because it was a kind of big undertaking, at least for me. And, and and we did it and it was great. We even did a fun icebreaker old school run before the panel just to kind of get to know each other, which was just a blast. And I think for the rest of it, it's stuff that hopefully is to come. I'm planning on going out to BlizzCon this year, and that's going to be a whole big meeting of a bunch of <laughs> internet friends. But that's that's kind of it, because I really did spend too much time just keeping to myself. It is what it is, but I intend to fix that and just be more out there. It makes me so happy to hear that you're now experiencing these wonderful community moments these gatherings of friends and 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 now family and and people that you're maybe even just meeting for the first time but that you know like your show or just know you from the twitterverse or from wow and i think you know widening that net and having those moments of just like yeah okay the world can be a good place and and like I can have a good time with people and just like unlearning what years of isolation taught you is it's just so uplifting to hear about yeah it's it's almost like detoxing 
because I did spend so many years in that isolation believing that I wasn't good enough for anyone or I was far too boring to hang out with anyone and all these just horrible, nasty stuff I believed about myself. Whereas now I'm trying to learn that it's okay to be myself because there's some great people who actually accept for me for me and all my dorkiness and that it's okay to even like be in in pictures and be myself. Just that I, the fact that I can be open and be so well received and cared about is something that I never would have expected, you know, even just six, seven years ago. So it's been pretty amazing. And it still kind of blows my mind often that I get to be involved in such an amazing community. I think that hearing about this experience is going to be really helpful for some people that are maybe dealing with with this on their on their own. Maybe they're feeling like, I'm not cool. I'm just going to lurk on Twitter and like not really reach out to anyone. And maybe hearing this will will help them kind of come out of this shell. And I hope it does. I hope if you're listening and you feel like, oh, you know, you're just you're just shy and you don't want to reach out or you don't deserve to be part of the community or what you have to say isn't cool or valid, go ahead and reach out. You would be surprised by the amount of positive feedback that you'll get back. Definitely. It takes... It takes a bold step. <laughs> it's definitely, at least for me, it was hard. It was hard to take those initial first steps of actually reaching out and say emailing that podcast I want to email, or talking to this person online, or trying to see if this person would accept my friend request. Like, and it may not always go well. <laughs> it doesn't, but it is incredibly worth it. Do you ever deal with that now when you are working on the, on your show? Like I know for, obviously for Dungeon Fables, you're not worrying about having to like reach out to folks or, or do something like that. But, but when you are, say you're doing um, all things Azeroth and you're like, oh man, I'm getting together with to other people and we're going to talk about these things and what if I don't have anything interesting to share do you ever deal with imposter syndrome yes all the time <laughs> it's I shouldn't laugh it's the, the the amount of times I deal with that is kind of ridiculous and it could be as simple as I was asked to guest on this show and it's my first time on and I think I'm going to have nothing to say I'm not going to be able to add to the conversation. I am going to be boring. It's on webcam and I'm freaking out about that. Or it could be a show that I've been on five times and I still worry that I'm not going to be good enough for this show. It could be, you know, for example, all things Azeroth, you know, all week I'm like super excited. I'm like, oh yeah, we're going to record Monday. It's going to be awesome. I get to Monday. I'm like, oh my gosh, why am I on this amazing show? Like, I have nothing good to be a part of it. Like I am not good enough. And even after the show, I'm overanalyzing. Okay. Did I say that? Well, I wish I had said this line better. I wish I hadn't tripped over my words and I still struggle with it all the time, but I'm kind of going back to that whole learning that it's okay to be human is learning that is helping that everyone messes up and everyone a lot of people overanalyze what they say and a lot of people feel like they have nothing to offer or a lot of people don't like their own voice or whatever it may be and that I'm not the only one and that I'm human and we're all human and it's it's okay it's still something I deal with constantly but I'm slowly getting some confidence so it's not quite it doesn't cripple me like it did in the beginning I think it's something that I'm always going to be dealing with, but you know, over time you kind of learn some healthy ways to deal with it and just kind of push through. Well, and that's something we talk about fairly often on the show. And I like to highlight it because I think that, I think that seeing that all sorts of different people deal with imposter syndrome is very helpful because I think anyone, I, I think everyone deals with it. I think that's not something that it's just like, 
everyone's just like, oh, I'm perfectly comfortable with myself. And <laughs> I feel like I've done great in everything. I feel like if you maybe, and maybe there is someone out there who's like, everything I do is golden. Choo, 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 choo. Oh, I'm sure there is. <laughs> <laughs> they make that exact noise too. I'm yeah. Sure. Yeah. Well, you couldn't see it because this is an audio form, but I was definitely doing finger guns during that. And I feel nice. like that's, you need to know that. <laughs> But I, you know, I think that everyone really struggles with that. I know that I do going into, I'm nervous going into every single interview because I, I go, what if, what if my questions are all dumb? What if they have no response to my questions? What if they just go no to every single question that I ask? Because what if I haven't done enough research? What if like, I just have all of this stuff going into every single episode that I record and, and the secret, the secret is to just go well, there's nothing I can do about it. And then just, <laughs> you know, just keep going forward just to go, okay, well, if that happens, that happens, then we'll deal with it at that point. And so far, that has not happened. So I think we're doing okay. But, you know, it, people like, I, I use Taryn Gregory as an example all the time, because he's someone that, you know, to me is just he does amazing amazing yeah yeah, yeah. he does amazing work he's a, anyone who's in the blizzard fandom is just like oh ah. yes he's amazing so um he talks about imposter syndrome quite frequently and it's so reassuring to know someone like him that is overseeing a team of people that makes beautiful emotional just like tear-jerking cinematics for a game <laughs> like to know that even he deals with imposter syndrome, it makes me feel a bit like, oh, it's okay. What I'm dealing with is okay. It's normal. Yeah. You know? And I think that is very helpful. So, so that's why I like to ask that question. And, you know, just between me and you, Allie, no one else can hear this, but you're doing pretty good. That that definitely means a lot. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we've had a very we had a very heavy chat. We've talked a lot about, you know, our struggle, your struggles in high school and, you know, going through depression and feeling isolated, feeling like you weren't good enough. And now you're kind of, you're getting to the stage in your life where you're like, I am good enough. I'm going to do this thing and I'm going to put my creative vision out into the world so I want to I want to kind of lighten it up and talk a little bit about some of the things that you think are wonderful about yourself so we're gonna do something that's a little bit silly are you ready I think so (laughs) that is the voice of someone who is not ready (laughs) it's okay bring it come on it'll be good Is that better? <laughs> Much. You know what? I think, I don't know. You're now overconfident. I'm not ready. I don't know if I can do this. It's a fake it till you make it kind of thing. It's good times. <laughs> there we go. There we go. Okay. We're both ready. So let's talk about um, when you are talking about a dungeon and when you are looking into the lore behind that dungeon, where does that start? It usually starts first and foremost at the end game adventure guide, you know, dungeon journal, because sometimes it actually tells you, it may just be a small paragraph or a couple sentences, but sometimes it tells you more about that boss than you will ever know. Otherwise, you know, explains why there's a random crab in the middle of this dungeon that has a whole bunch of other mobs and it makes no sense. There's no connection there. And sometimes that one simple thing can tell you a lot. And then usually I will, in addition to looking at that, I'll also go look at websites like Wowpedia, Wowhead, YouTube. I open up my Warcraft Chronicles books and expand on any information if I can. So if you were to have like a a user guide to Ali lore, what do you think like the first little paragraph would be? What do you think you would open your lore book with so it would probably you know start with you know at a, at a young age even though I had my own inner struggles I still aimed to be positive and to do everything as perfect as I could and to spread joy everywhere and <laughs> <laughs> it continued on into my adult years and after 
as you said, coming out of that dark dungeon, (laughs) (laughs) she continued to spread happiness and joy and support to others. Do you think that you try really hard to get others to like you? Sometimes. And when I'm when I'm honest with myself, I know that I sometimes try too hard. Especially especially in like high school and college, like when I didn't find the people I wanted to be friends with. Sometimes I would try a little too hard and it would push them away. These days I I'll reach out to people, but I'm also better about being myself and accepting the fact that they they might like me, they may not, and it's okay if they don't, and move on. When you were explaining how your lore book might go, how your little paragraph of of lore might sound, and it, and it's a it's a great story. You know, you start out with this with this lofty goal of of bringing joy and happiness. I'm kind of imagining you like kind of like a little pixie in this moment. You're just like la 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 la, la. I want to spread joy and happiness, and then and then you know you're you get trapped by like an orc or something and taken into their minds and used as a light source and then you know you have the dark ages as it were and then eventually you break free and you're like oh what a horrible experience i'm gonna use my my uh traumatic experience to further help others and la 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 now you're out and about being a fairy again um, and it's so it's a nice tale of like uh overcoming your dark past however i think that when when one has who i'm trying not to say i had the same experience in high school and i try hard to make friends with everyone because when i was alone it felt really shitty and now i want everyone to like me (laughs) (laughs) we could be the same in that that's fine yeah yeah i and and so i think that that is something that probably a lot of people will relate to so I think it's probably good to hear that other people go through that same that same issue of being like I want to be friends with everyone and then having to learn that through no fault of your own not everyone is going to like you that's a hard lesson to learn that's like a real adult lesson all caps kind of a fact of life you know yeah 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 but that's a hard one we want everyone to like us right yeah. Maybe that's why games like World of Warcraft are so fun. Because it's like you get to be the champion, right? You're the savior of Azeroth. Everyone likes the savior of Azeroth, right? Right. <laughs> but you know what else makes these games so enjoyable? The god dang lore. And being able to hear about that from you and through your shows has been so enjoyable, as has this interview. So I want to thank you so much for coming on, Allie. Thanks for asking me on. It was a lot of fun, and I'm honored that you even asked. Oh, of course. Can you let people know where they can find you? Well, you can find me on Twitter at K. You can find my show Dungeon Fables wherever you get your podcasts or at DungeonFables.com and on Twitter at DungeonFables. And you can hear me every week on All Things Azeroth. And I will put all those links down below so you can check her out. You can check out the content that she's make. I'm really enjoying it, and I hope you will too. And until the next one, I'll see you. Bye. That was my interview with Allie Kay. I thoroughly enjoyed talking with her, especially about overcoming your dark past and years of isolation and seeking out people who enjoy the same things as you do and overcoming your self-loathing and and wanting to help those who are feeling the same way you felt before you know I could really relate to a lot of those things because you know like many of us I wasn't the most popular person or had the most friends and I struggled with depression and feeling alone and like no one would no one would ever like me or or even want to talk to me and look here I am hosting a podcast talking to lots of people and if you happen to like this podcast that I'm making please leave us a rate and review on iTunes because that helps me be seen by more people book more guests and keep bringing you content like this 
And it also helps boost my self-confidence because I know that you're listening and enjoying the show. So it would not only help out the show, it would help me. So I would really appreciate that. And if you'd like to contact us or give us a follow, we are on Twitter at GeneralChatPod. And you can send us an email with any questions or comments at GeneralChatPod.com. I've got so many more exciting guests for you coming up and I can't wait to share that with you. So until the next time, I'll see ya. Mm-hmm.